This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. You are ready for the Word of God today? Amen. Praise God. Let's go in prayer. Father, we honor you today and we thank you for your mercies and your goodness and your love. I ask that you give us hearing ears to hear what your Spirit is saying. Think through my mind, speak through my lips, your very words. And we endeavor to give you all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, praise God, this is a new month, and I want to start off with a um, uh, new series, amen. And, it's, and, the, and the title of the series is Dream Quest. Um, and really, um, and, and why I came up with this title is that we need to really seek for a godly dream from God, amen. And I, I love God, and God, I, I really believe this, is that God wants to reveal himself to us, and he wants to reveal his plan to each one of us. Do you believe that today? And I think that we all should have dreams. We should have natural dreams. And you should write down your dreams, what you're believing God for. Put, uh, does anybody ever write down what you're believing God for in here? Amen. You should do that. And, and also, um, God will reveal to you a godly dream. He will reveal to you things that he wants you to do. And I'm telling you, it's always of great value when you follow the Lord's plan. Amen. Let's look at Proverbs 29, verse 18. And this is, uh, I'm reading out the message translation this morning. And uh, this is really good. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble over, over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. So it's uh, the message translation. In other words, people without a vision, the Bible actually says, will perish. So you got to get a vision. You know, that's how faith operates is through a vision. God wants to reveal visions and dreams to each one of us. Amen. He wants to he wants to light your fire with a fresh vision. Amen. And so how we do that, we, we get into the presence of God and God will reveal to us what he desires us to do and walk in. Um, so re- really, we want to focus on dreams and visions. And, uh, you know, I, I once when I was in my 20s, I wrote a list of things that I wanted to do. It was a Zig Ziglar book. Anybody ever heard of Zig Ziglar? He's a motivational speaker and he had one of these, you know, planners that, that, uh, that he sold like a little kit and that you're supposed to write down everything you wanted to do in life. And I'm telling you, writing down what you desire to do is powerful. You know, God actually is the first one that, well, he's, he's the one that wrote the Bible. Amen. And so God put a vision in the book, in the Bible. And so we really, we get to know God through the word of God. So, so why, why do we want to write down our dreams and, and visions? Because, because dreams and visions is the language of God. God communicates to us a lot of times through dreams and visions. Amen. Uh, in Acts 2, verse 17, it says, It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. So, see, I'm going to say this. We are in the last days. Would you agree with me there? 
And God, and, and I, I really believe that God really wants to um, reveal visions and dreams and plans to each one of us. He, in other words, you know, we should not be going through this life uh, like a humdrum life, just going day in and day out with no focus. I'm going to say this again. Dreams and visions will give you a focus, something that you can run after. In Habakkuk, it says, write the vision and make it plain so that they that read it will run with it. Amen. We have a dream. We, we're believing in Exceed Life Church that we're going we're gonna to have our own building. Amen. We believe it's going to be a life center. And even though the, the vision may tarry, the Bible says, wait for it. It shall surely come to pass. Some of you have been believing God for a long time for certain things. And uh, you haven't seen it come to pass yet. I'm going to say, wait on the Lord. God is getting it ready for you. You believe that today? And so really, in the last days, he will pour out his spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters will prophesy. Back in the old days, in the Old Testament, God raised up people and uh, called prophets. They were called seers. And God would move on their hearts to speak to the people, to give the people vision. And so that's what I'm here to do today is I'm trying to get you some vision. Wake up. <laughs> I'm trying to wake up the sleep in church. Amen. And you need vision. If you're if you're asleep today, you need a God vision. Amen. So really. Uh, so so God reveals to us a lot of times through dreams and visions. Let's look at something here. Let's look at Genesis 15. And God spoke to Abraham and Abraham is called the father of our faith. Amen. And Abraham uh, was called out of his land and God made a covenant with Abraham. And the Bible actually says that we are the children of Abraham. So why? Because Abraham was a man of faith. And so we we are faith people. We serve a faith. God, glory to God. And in Genesis 15, it says here and these things uh, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision so God came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid. Abraham, I am your shield, your exceeding great reward. Now, I'm going to say this, you know, you don't need to be afraid of the future. You don't need to be afraid of anything because God is your exceeding reward. What God promises to the patriarchs, he promises it to us. We can receive that. And so he says here, do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me seeing? I go childless and the heir of the house is Eliezer of Damascus. So Abraham was, you know. He was, a, he, he was thankful, but he, he didn't have an heir. Then Abraham said uh, to the Lord, you have given me, uh, you haven't given me any offspring indeed to born my house and my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir, but one will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, look now towards the heaven, count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord and it was accounted to him as righteousness. Now, this is what God did. God said to Abraham, look, I'm going to I'm not just going to give you one heir. I'm going to give you a multitude of heirs. I'm going to give you a family, a mighty family. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? And God gave Abraham a vision of stars 
And he said, now, if you can count all those stars, that's how many descendants you will have. Glory to God. I, I, I believe that God's raising up a church that's going to do God's will. I believe that God's raising up a church that's going to do mighty exploits for God. I believe that God's going to reveal truth to each of you uh, through visions and dreams. He's going to he's going to you know, you, you, you need to have a bigger vision than just paying a, uh, your light bill. You need to have a bigger vision than just making it to the end of the month. You need to have a bigger vision. Look at your neighbor and say, get a big vision. Amen. I'm trying to wake you up this morning. Amen. So, so, so number two, so number one, God, you know, we need to focus on visions because God works through visions. I remember that uh, my brother John, this was years ago. This church has been around for a long time. And my brother John, uh, and there was uh, the pastor that founded this church. He's retired now um, and turned the work over to me. But uh, uh, he was praying one day and my brother John fell out. Uh, uh, the power of God hit him and he fell out and and he had a vision. God gave him a godly vision and, and he had a vision of, of a crowd of people. And it was the church. And uh, he had a vision that um, that the power of God was moving in the church and people were laughing under the power of the spirit. And, and when they and the, the louder, the la, you know, laughter is a sign of victory. See, some of you are not laughing enough. Some of you guys are too focused on the problem. You need to start laughing a little bit more. And, and it was a spirit of laughter. The Bible says that God laughs his enemies through derision. And the, the congregation was so full of joy, was laughing, and the laughter got louder. And, and my brother saw this in a vision that demonic spirits were flying out of the area of the city of Virginia Beach. And I really believe this, that God is raising up a powerful church. Amen. Are you listening to me today? A powerful church is going to run off demonic powers. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And then he saw an outline of the church that that uh, and it and it, it, it was it was shape of a crown and it was dark. And, and he saw light emanating from the church. What was that? That's revival. Some of us are just in survival mode. But I'm going to say this to you. You need to get in revival mode. Can I say that again? Some of us are just in survival mode. We're, we're, we're just surviving. We're just we're just scratching through our faith life, just hoping God will do something. No, you need to start believing he is doing something. He's working behind the scenes. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So so dreams are the target of faith. In other words, you've got to get a God vision and it's a target. It's something that we aim at as we go through life. In Hebrews 11, 1, it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So faith brings substance to what we hope for. Hope is, is really is a word you could you could you could change that word out to envision for. What are you visualizing? I remember uh, listening of a story of this um, this little girl that was. Uh, that was really sick. And the doctor, this was many years ago when the doctors made house calls. And, and, and she, I think she had emphysema. She had something that was terminally bad. And, um, and so she, and he had a, uh, he had a boy that would travel with him. And that boy 
uh, would help the doctor out. He was like maybe a 12-year-old boy that would travel with him at times. And the doctor said, stay with the little girl. I need to go make another house call. And that little boy started talking to the little girl and said, you're going you're gonna to get up out of this bed. You're going you're gonna to start playing down at the stream down, down in the woods. You're, you're, and he started giving that little girl vision. And guess what? She started coming out of it. And when the doctor came back, he said, I think she's going to live. Why? Because she had a vision that she was coming out of where she was at. Some of you got to get a vision that you're going to come out of where you're at. Amen. In other words, you're not stuck. If you're in God, you're not stuck. Glory to God. God can unstuck you. He can, if that's the word, he can bring you out of any mess and bring a message uh, out of it. Do you believe that today? So dreams are a target of your faith. You know, I want to encourage you to get to get a notebook and get a vision notebook of what you're believing God to do in your life and and write down what you're believing God. It it may be just, you know, it may be buying a house. It might it might be buying a new car. There's some natural things. It might be just doing some things in the natural. And God wants you to. And these are natural things because God wants to abundantly supply all your needs. He, he, he wants to bless you more than you want to be blessed. Amen. And you need to write down these things and make a vision notebook and, and, and start believing God and get scriptures attached to your vision notebook and put them uh, underneath the vision. It might be that your kids be saved, your children, maybe if your children are not following God and, and get a vision of, of, of this and then apply your faith on that vision. Uh, I remember a couple was going through uh, a hard time in their marriage and the uh, and the wife got a idea from the Lord to to write down, you know, first of all, how they saw each other in the in the in, in the relationship. And, and and the guy and they, you know, they weren't really good artists, but but they drew a stick figure and one put, I think, a ball and chain on, it, you know, and all that. And but then they changed the vision. And they, and they, they said, how do you want to see each other? And, and, and the wife put the hands raised up, the, the husband's hands raised up and praising the Lord. And they're both smiling and they're both happy. They were going through a hard time in their relationship at that time. And you know what? Within a year, they, their whole marriage turned around. Why? Because they had vision. They, they applied faith to that vision and, and it, 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 it changed them. See, you, you got to change what you see. You got to start changing the view of, uh, of, you know, the enemy wants you looking at the desert, but you need to start looking at the water, <laughs> the, the water that's in it. In other words, stop. Don't focus on the desert in your life. Focus on the oasis of God's word and God's word will bring you up out of any negative thing in your life. You believe that today? And I'm going to say this, the reason why we want to dream and write down our dreams, because dreams have a habit of coming true. I remember, uh, you know, I, I read this book and I, heard, I, I think I heard it in, a, in, a, uh, um, in an interview. Uh, but there was this uh, movie actor and um, he, uh, I can't think of his name, he played Dumb and Dumber. What, uh, what, he's a comedian. Jim Carrey, thank you so much, you know him. And Jim Carrey, uh, this is before he got really famous. 
he would go up and, and he would drive his car up on, on the hills of Hollywood. And he and he actually wrote himself a check that he was going to make ten million dollars for a movie. And he would and, and he, he said ten million dollars to Jim Carrey for for a role in a movie. Now, he's never made ten million dollars before in his life. He wasn't he was just going through nightclubs and he was he was, you know, uh, doing his, um, you know, his. Uh, comedy act and all that and maybe working for Saturday Night Live and all that. But you know what? He wrote down this check and he would look at it every day and he says, I'm going to get paid $10 million for a movie. And you know what? There was a day that came that, the, that, that some people came to him and said, we want, you to make, we want you to make a movie and we're going to pay you $10 million. Now, if that works in the natural if that, you know, if that's not even a God vision, how much more when you get a God vision in your life, how much more does God want that to come to pass in your life? There's something about vision. See, the world can get things done. Amen. But Christians should be able to get things done even better. Why? Because we're God fearing people and God is with us. Last time I'm ch- I checked, God is with me. He is with you today. you got to believe that. Even though you may be going through a trial, maybe going through something in your life, He is with you. So dreams have a habit of coming true. In Luke 137, uh, the angel came to Mary and, and said that she was going to have a son, which was Jesus. And, it said, and, and, and at the end of that conversation, the angel said to Mary, for nothing will be impossible with God. Are you listening to me today? Nothing will be. Even though it was an impossibility, she didn't know a man. Uh, the Holy Spirit was going to come upon Mary and Mary was going to give birth to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And the angel said, nothing will be impossible with God. And I'm going to say this to you today. Nothing is impossible with you as long as you believe God. You just need to believe God. Hallelujah. Somebody say, believe God. believe God. I believe, you know, I, I, I don't I, I don't believe that 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 this is where God wants Exceed Life Church to be. I believe that God wants Exceed Life Church exceeding in life. I believe that God wants us to touch a city. I believe that God wants us to touch a nation. And I'm telling you, the Bible says, wait for the vision for it tarries. It will surely come to pass. Some of you just might need to just get excited. Just get excited about your life. Just get excited that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That you're saved. That you're in right standing with God. Amen. So we we don't want to get discouraged and lose sight of our dreams. Uh, I'm going to give you a couple keys. Reason why we lose sight of our dreams. Number one, uh, the reason why sometimes we lose sight of our dreams. Because you could start off having a lot of dreams. Believing God for a lot of things. And, and you can start off, but then once time goes, sometimes time will discourage us when we don't see things happening like we think they should. And so we focus too much on the problems in our lives a lot of times or the inactivity of the promise in our lives. And so, listen, this is what happened to Zechariah. Uh, Zechariah, in the Christmas story, uh, after the angel spoke to Mary... And told Mary that she was going to have a son and that nothing is impossible. You know, Zechariah as well was a man in the Bible that was a priest unto God. 
And uh, and he, you know, and he was a relative of Mary. It's, it's amazing how God works in families. And he was a relative of Mary. Amen. And Zechariah was a priest and he was doing all the right things as in serving God. And he was serving God in the temple and it was his time to serve God. And, and you know, he was married to Elizabeth and they were up in age and they were in a place in their life where it was it was impossible for for Elizabeth to get pregnant because they, she was over uh, childbearing age. And so, you know, you, but I, I believe that they believed that they were going to have a child, but it just didn't come to pass. It just didn't happen in his time frame. But why 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 uh, he was in the temple, the angel Gabriel came to him and had good news for him and told him that he was going to have a son, but not just a regular son. See, see, sometimes we may have to wait a little longer, but the the longer you wait, I, I really believe the bigger the blessing. Can I say that again? The longer the wait, the bigger the blessing. Because, see, because, because uh, you know, Zechariah was going to have a son and the, and the angels said to, to name him John and he was going to be a mighty man of God. In other words, he wasn't just going to be your average round, you know, run of the mill son. He was going to be somebody used mightily of God. And so the angel is giving him this great news and uh, and then he, he, he responded wrongly. He responded. He said, you know, how do I know? You know, we're we're old. How we know? How do I know it's going to come to pass? And the angel, you know, is, you know, angels are very perceptive. They, they know your tone of voice. They know in your mannerisms. They know. And really, that angel, Gabriel, said, you did, you're not believing the words of, the, of what I'm saying. And the angel said, because you're not believing me, it's still going to happen even in your unbelief. In other words, God can still work some miracles even when we're not believing him at times. Even when we're, when we're in sometimes doubt and unbelief. Even sometimes when we say the wrong things, like, I don't think it's going to happen. But you just need to repent of those things. You need, you need to retract your words because it will happen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so, and so the angel said, you will not be able to speak until your son is born. I really believe that that was more of a blessing than a curse. I believe that he, he kept his mouth shut because really I believe it was his mouth that got him in trouble. And sometimes our mouths, when you're talking about faith, get us in trouble. In other words, if we're speaking things that are not lining up with God's word, then what we're doing is we're agreeing with the wrong circumstances. We're agreeing with those situations, but we need to agree with God and what God is saying. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? We need to be very careful we don't get cynical about our life in the place where we're at. Because, because I'm going to say this, that when we're cynical or we're complaining, faith doesn't work in an atmosphere of complaint. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Faith actually operates and is activated in an atmosphere of praise. Can I say that again? Faith, for what you're believing God, is activated in an atmosphere of praise. In other words, you need to start thanking God more. Amen. You need to start worshiping God that even though it may not look like anything is happening, God is moving. God is on the throne. 
God has not fallen off the throne. Amen. And so we see here that 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 we have a, a wrong view of life and that could hurt us. Amen. Uh, uh, number two key, why we get discouraged about our dreams is that we have a wrong view of self. You know, we have a wrong view of who we are. We encounter setbacks and disappointments, problems. We forget that God is with us and that he will never leave us. And we have a hard time seeing ourselves as more than we are today. In other words, there was a movie. Uh, I, I think the title of it was, This is as good as it gets. Wasn't there a movie made that this is as good as it gets? In other words, it's not going to get any better. You don't want to, you don't, you don't want to have that theology in your life. This is as good. No, it, it can get better. I remember a minister was talking to another minister about a meeting that they were in. And they said, this is so, this is, this is as good as it's going to get. And, he's, and, and, and he was about ready to, or this is awesome. I don't think it could get any better. I think he said it that way. I don't think this could get any better. And, and that minister was just about ready to agree with them until the Lord checked him. And he said, yes, it can get better. You know, no matter what blessings you're walking in, it can get even better. No matter how much peace you're walking in, you can walk in a degree of higher peace. No matter what joy you're walking in, it can get in, in, in a measure of greater joy. No matter how good it is, it can get even better. Say it's good, but it's getting better. Do you believe that today? I, I, I hope I'm stirring you up this morning. I I'm hope I'm lighting your fire because if your fire is not lit, your wood is wet. Amen. So, amen. So, so we see this and, and so we can forget who we are in Christ. And this happened to Naomi in the book of Ruth. Anybody ever read the book of Ruth? And we, we really think, and I always thought the book of Ruth was really centered on Ruth, but I really believe it's really centered on Naomi. Uh, we, we, we look at Ruth and it's the book of Ruth, but Naomi is the, really the center figure in this book. And a lot of things are happening to Naomi in her life. And, uh, you know, Naomi was married and she had two sons and, and, and there was a famine in Israel and they decided to go to Moab, to move to Moab where, you know, greener pastures. And so they went and so she went with her two sons and her husband and the two sons um, fell in love with two uh, Moabite women and they got married over in Moab. And so and so in the process of time where they were living in Moab, uh, uh, Naomi's husband dies. And then in that process of time, her two sons die. Once your husband dies, that's bad. But can it get any worse? Yeah, your two sons die. And so but, but her two sons die. Now she's with her two, uh, you know, daughters-in-law, you know, stepdaughter or daughters-in-law. And she's with them and, and she's saying to them, you know, you know, why don't you go back home? Go back. You're young women. You need to go get your husbands. And one of them said, uh, one of them left and said, OK. And the other one, Ruth, said, no, I will not, you know, leave you. I will stay with you. And uh, and and persist it. And so really, uh, this was Ruth's uh, attitude in one thirteen. It says here uh, she, she was she was talking to them. She said, for it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone against me. And so she saw what was going on as 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 the hand of the Lord behind her her tragedy. Don't blame God for your problems. No, no. Listen, we live in a fallen world. 
We live in a world where the enemy's working against us. And so in Ruth 19, 21, this really shows you where Ruth is at. She forgot who she was. She forgot that she was a daughter of Abraham. She forgot that she was blessed. She just forgot. And in Ruth 19, uh, uh, 1, 19 through 21, it says, now they, they actually decided to go back to Israel and go back to Bethlehem, uh, where they came from. And it says, now the two of them went into went until they came to Bethlehem. And it happened when they have come to Bethlehem that all the city was excited because of them. And the, and the women said, is, is this Naomi? But she said to them, do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full and the Lord has brought me home empty. Why do you call me Naomi since the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has afflicted me? Think about that. So Naomi, this, I really believe, again, the book of Ruth. Yes, we know Ruth is, is, is a main character, but I believe that no, we can understand some things through Naomi. And, no, and Naomi was so hurt and because of what happened, and she felt like God was doing it to her. She just said, change my name to Mara, which means that God has, has dealt, you know, bad with me. And I'm going to say this, you know, they didn't change her name. I, I think they still called her Naomi. But Naomi was blinded by her tragedy that she had a hard time seeing the blessing. This, this is what she couldn't see. She couldn't see that God moved on Ruth's heart to, for Ruth to stay with her and take care of her. She couldn't see the blessing of Ruth in her life. No, no, all she could see was the curse that she went through. And I'm going to say this. You're going to have to change your lens from curse to blessing. You're going to have to start looking at what, what can you be thankful for? What is in your life that, that God is using that is redeeming? What, what is good? Because there's always a silver lining in every cloud. And so you've got to take a look at that. And she didn't realize that, that Ruth was her blessing. And so what happened was that Ruth started, you know, going to the fields. And that's what they call gleaning, where the poor of the poor would glean from the fields, the wheat fields. And they would get, you know, some wheat from the wheat fields. But Boaz, somebody say Boaz. See, Boaz was a wealthy landowner and he saw Ruth and and God gave gave uh, Ruth uncommon favor with Boaz. And you, you know the story, Boaz ends up marrying Ruth. And Boaz is a wealthy man. Guess who was taken care of? Naomi. Amen. Naomi was taken care of and they had a child and that child was in the lineage of Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? See, no matter what you may be going through, no matter what it looks like, I believe that God's going to bring some redemption out of tragedy. Do you believe that today? God can bring redemption out of tragedy. So, so we see this in, in Naomi's life, that Naomi actually uh, became uh, the nurse to the son that she had. Uh, the son was named Obed, and he was the father of Jesse, and Jesse was the father of King David. And it says here at the end of the story, even though the beginning of the story looked tragic, at the end of the story, it says the woman, the women said to Naomi, blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a close relative. And may his name be famous in Israel. And may he be your restorer of life and nourisher of your old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons. 
Think about this. The women, you know, when she came back, she came back half full. She thought she came back, you know, she said empty. But but even the people that day said Ruth was better to her than seven sons. And it says that Naomi took the child and laid him up on her bosom and because and nursed to him. And the neighbor women gave him a name saying that the son of Naomi uh, was called Obed. So so we see this that. That, that she didn't see the blessing. And sometimes we get clouded when we're going through trials and we're going through tribulations. We get clouded of the blessings that are around us. And we don't we don't need to get clouded of those blessings. You are not your circumstances. You are not you are not your sickness. You are not your weakness. You are who God says that you are. You are the head and not the tail. You are the lender and not the borrower. You are blessed in the city and in the field. You're more than a conqueror in Christ. You're called out people. You're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You're victorious in Christ. You need to start speaking who you are in Christ. And you need to start believing that. Amen. Listen, you have to agree with God. The Bible says that if two cannot walk together unless they're in agreement, you need to agree with what God is saying. But you can say, well, I don't feel like the head. I feel like the tail. But God says you're the head and not the tail. Uh, You're the lender and not the borrower. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying to you today is that no matter where you at, you may be in debt today. but But I guarantee you start believing God. You won't be in debt any longer. You're not going to be the borrower. You will be the lender. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And number three, we get a wrong view of God. We limit God by the power of God. Uh, but we limit God's power by our experiences. You, you ever limit God by your experiences? And so the first generation Israelites limited God. They forgot how powerful he was. And what we, we tend to do is we forget that God is powerful. God is awesome. He's mighty. He's, he's got you here today. He has you in the palm of his hands. And the Israelites, the first generation, limited God. And how did they limit God? They focused on the wilderness. They focused on what wasn't happening instead of what was happening. And in Psalm 78, 41 and 42, it says, Yes, again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel They did not remember his power the day when he redeemed them from the enemy. So we see this that, you know, a lot of times we don't when you read this, you don't think you can limit God. You can limit God. How? How do we limit God? By 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 our attitudes. If we have a wrong attitude, we limit God by our words. If our words don't we limit God by not honoring God. We can limit the power of God in our lives. Are you listening to me? Have you gone home? And so, so what, how we have to, you know, how, how we release the power of God in our lives, we agree with God. We speak what God is saying. Amen. And, you know, it, it, even in the New Testament, when Jesus was ministering, you know, Jesus did mighty miracles. He raised the dead. He walked on the water. He turned water to wine. He, he calmed the storms. Jesus did mighty miracles. But you know what? He went to his own hometown. And he went to his own hometown. And, and he went there. 
And that's where he said a prophet is not welcome in his own hometown among his own people. And he went there and they were familiar with Jesus. They were familiar with his family. They were familiar with him. And they started questioning, who is this? I mean, he's the guy that grew up in this area. We know who he is. We know his, his, his family. We've seen him around. He's never been like this before. And the Bible said that, that they got so familiar with Jesus that, that it says here, actually, it says here in Mark 6, 5, 6. Now, it says he could do no mighty works except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went about the villages and the circuit teaching. So, so it says here that, that, that he marveled because they couldn't believe. In other words, what hinders the power of God in our lives? Not believing. Can I say that again? What hinders the power of God in our lives? What, or I can say this, believing the negative Instead of believing the positive, believing the fact that you're not going to make it. You need to start believing that you are going to make it. You need to start believing God again. You need to start believing, you know, if he got you this far, he's going to take you all the way. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And it says that they, they hindered Jesus. Jesus, not that he would do no mighty works, but he didn't, you know, he, the Holy Spirit worked through Jesus and, and he could do no mighty works because of their unbelief, because they wouldn't believe him. That's where the Bible says, if you only believe, you will see the glory of God. Jeremiah 32, 17 says it this way. Oh, ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. So listen, if there's nothing too hard for God, then, uh, then I believe that God can do the impossible. Then what we need to start doing is ramping up our, our prayer list. We need, to, we need to stop. Yes, it's okay to pray, God, just get me through this day. Get me through this. That's fine. But God wants to do more than just getting you through life. No, you need to ramp up your, your prayer list and start believing God. You know, in the Old Testament, Joshua was a mighty warrior. And, uh, and there was a place in Joshua's uh, uh, life, you know, he, he, he fought a lot of different uh, people and, and there was these uh, Moabitess people that um, was against Joshua. They had five kings and the Lord. Uh, and so they went up against these five kings and the Lord said, I'm going to give you victory over these five kings. It was they were outnumbered, but God gave them victory. And so they were winning the battle. And Joshua asked God for something that was impossible. Joshua said, Ask God for the sun to stand still. Think about this. They were in a fight. They were winning the fight. They wanted to complete the fight. And the sun was going down. And Joshua said, God, will you allow the sun to stand still while we finish the fight? And, and the Bible said God answered their prayer. And the sun stood still for Joshua. And I'm going to say this to you this morning, that the sun can stand still 
for you. Do you believe that today? If God was willing to do that with an old covenant man, how much more can he do for you? In other words, God can stop time for you. God can change. God can redeem the time. You may say, oh, it's too late, pastor. I've been through so much. I've done so much or I've done so little. There's nothing God can do. No, God, the Bible says God can redeem the time. God can multiply your time. God, you know, I'm telling you, God moves in suddenly. And suddenly, God will move. Suddenly, somebody you meet blesses you with a financial gift, gift and gets you out of debt. Suddenly, God works in suddenlies. Are you listening to me today, saints? God works in suddenlies. Don't, don't forget that God can make the sun Stand still. Amen. You know, I'm going to say this. The reason why we don't dream big, a couple of reasons why we don't dream big is because a lot of times it's risky to write down something big because, you know, the enemy would say, what if it doesn't come to pass? Then you have a false hope. I, I'd rather be, listen, I'd rather die believing God for something and not have it than die believing God for nothing and not have it. Can I say that again? You might want to tweet this. I'd rather die believing God. For something to happen, then die believing God for nothing to happen. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? In other words, we need to live by faith. Amen. You need to start believing God. Even if you believe, maybe you can believe God for five things. And if half those things come to pass, at least they came to pass. Amen. Are you listening to me, what I'm saying to you today? So dreams seem risky. You know, when I went out to Bible school, and sometimes you just got to lay it all on the line and I, I went out to Bible school and uh, and I had to travel out to Oklahoma and I was single at that time. I was I went through a divorce. I was in debt. And so I had to make a decision about my job. I had money in a 401k. And so I had to quit my job at a certain time of the year to pull the money out to help me move. And so I made a decision that I was going to lay down my job, quit my job and drive out to Oklahoma and go to Bible school. And I made this decision before I was even accepted at the Bible school. Can somebody say dumb? (laughs) I wasn't accepted. I didn't know if they would accept me or not. You know, you have to fill out a form and tell them your life and tell them, you know, I was in debt, you know, put all that down. And they could have rejected me. And so I, I, I actually made plans before I was even accepted to the Bible school. And I traveled out to Oklahoma and I got there a lot earlier because I had to quit my job to get my 401k to get money out of that to help me move and get settled into Oklahoma. But guess what? They accepted me. (laughs) They didn't. Why I was still preparing and I was in Oklahoma. I just believed that God was going to make it happen. Sometimes you just got to take a step of faith and believe. And then why I, I was at in Oklahoma and I went through two years of Bible school. God called me back to Virginia Beach. I didn't, I, I didn't really want to come back. Amen. I was kind of happy with where I was at. I was single, believing for a wife and, uh, and the good thing hadn't come yet. But God said, I want you to go back to Virginia Beach and help Pastor Joe. My mandate was to help the pastor. I'm telling you, that's a good mandate. My mandate was, and, and it was to help the pastor 
do his job. I was called to do that. So God called me back to help the pastor. And I remember that day and I was working a secular job. One of the easiest jobs I've ever been in. I sold jewelry and I worked for a private jeweler. And I'm telling you that he loved me and I loved being in that job and I was getting paid well. And I remember that faithful day where the pastor says, I want you to quit your job and come full time at the church. And we're going to give you half pay of what you're making now at your regular job. I, I said, say what? I, we want you to resign. If you feel that God has called you, you will sacrifice your job. I was like, I don't know about that. I actually turned him down the first time. But they came back the second time and said, do you want to work for us? I said, no, I don't. I, I, I'll work for you part time. I'll give you 20 hours a week. You don't even have to pay me. I was already doing youth ministry for them. I was, I was doing everything that they wanted me to do because my mandate was to help the pastor. And they asked me a second time, will you come? If you feel like you're called of God, you will come work for us half pay. I mean, cut my pay in half. At that time, I wasn't living. At, I was living, at, you know, I was single and I was renting a room from my parents. So I didn't have a lot of expenditure. So it was hard for me to say no. And but I was saving up for my own house and all that. But I went ahead and said yes. And I went full time on half half pay. And my health insurance was to believe God to stay healthy. Hello. Sometimes you're going to have to make a sacrifice. Sometimes it's going to feel like a risk. Is it worth it? Is it worth stepping out into the water? Will the water hold you up? Peter, when he was on the boat, he said, Jesus, bid me to come out. You know, he took a risk. He walked out on the water and and he was held up by the word of God. Are you listening to me? Sometimes we might need to take a risk. We might need to step out and witness to our neighbor. We, we We might need to maybe start a new career. We might need to look for a new job. We, we might need to maybe let something go that we don't want to let go to embrace something bigger. Maybe, maybe we might need to step out in faith and start tithing. Oh, did you have to go there, Pastor? Maybe, are you here what I'm saying to you today? It, it's a faith walk. We have to have, it's a faith walk to step out on God. Why? Because you don't know what's going to happen. But I'm going to say this. When you step out in faith, God will always help you make it happen. A God dream will require God involvement. That means that if your dream is only big enough for you to accomplish, then God's probably not in it. In other words, when God gives us a vision and dream, it's going to take a lot more than your ability. It's going to take God's ability. In Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly. Somebody say exceedingly. I want you to help me preach this message today. Abundantly. Above. All that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. What is that power that's working in us as believers? It's called faith. It's called believing God. It's the power of believing. It's the power of faith. It's God's power in us to get the job done. Do you believe that today? So listen, we we need to have a dream big enough where we can't do it ourselves. God has to intervene and do it. Amen. Praise God. And a God dream will change people's lives. Whenever God gives you a dream, it's never just for yourself. It's for others around you. You, You're not just here just to be blessed and and just for all the blessings just to be upon you. No, the blessings are supposed to roll through you. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? It's not just about you getting all this nice stuff and storing it up for yourself and building bigger barns. No, it's about the power of God. It's about God working through you to help and bless somebody else. That's why we might need to take a step of faith and witness to somebody. Take a step of faith and talk to somebody about Jesus. I did that the other day, man. I, I was I was at the car dealership getting my oil changed and I was and there was this lady there. She was wearing up. Uh, she works for Krispy Kreme. So I, I, it was easy to talk to her because I like donuts. And I just say, oh, you work for Krispy Kreme. Just just get a conversation. Go, I like Krispy Kreme, but I like Duck donuts a little bit better, but Krispy Kreme. And we, I started talking to her. And, you know, by, by the end of the time I was talking to her, I was praying for her. I found out that she's, you know, she's uh, married and she has two kids. And, and, uh, and so I asked her if I could pray for her. I prayed for her. And God touched her. And, and she was blessed. And she said, come visit me at Krispy Kreme. Amen. I didn't have a card to invite her to church. She, she, she used to go to church. But what, 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 what I walked away feeling like I did something. There is purpose in my life. You have purpose in your life. It's not just for you to make it on your own or just you and your family, us four and no more. You have purpose to touch other people's lives. In Ephesians 1, 11 through 12, it says, It is Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designed us for glorious living, part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything, in everything and everyone. So this is Ephesians 1, 11 through 12, the message. So it says Christ is the one that's working out our salvation. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So I'm going to say this today in closing is that get a vision. How do you get a vision? Get with God. Get in a place where you can hear God. Learn to wait upon the Lord. And God will reveal to you a bigger vision than just you paying your bills. A bigger vision than you just getting through the day. A bigger vision where it will impact people all around you. Are you ready for that big vision? You've got to get in that position to do that. And so I want to encourage you to get close to God. I'm telling you, it's easy to let the things of God go. It's easy just to get caught up in life. But I want to encourage you to start, start seeking God again. Start putting God first place. Start, maybe you might need to fast a few days. Maybe you might need to pray a little bit more. But get, get a God vision because that's when you will be alive in Christ. You believe that today? Did you receive it this morning? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we honor you this morning. And I thank you, Father God, that you are awesome. And Father, the plans that you have for us, as it says in Jeremiah 29, 11, are good plans. Uh, plans not for destruction, but to give us a hope and a future. And Father God, I know that you have a great plan for each person in here this morning. And you want to reveal that great plan to them. So I pray, Father God, that you reveal truth to them. Perhaps you're here this morning. Perhaps you're watching online and, and you don't have a God vision because you don't really have much of God in your life. You have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And that's the first key. God's plan for you is to have a relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ. And I want to introduce you to my Lord and Savior through a prayer. And you can just pray this prayer after me. And meaning of your heart, if you never prayed, so say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. 
Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.